The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. Well, one of the uh, great dangers of Christmas worship is the potential for sentimentality to hijack your heart. Right? The potential for sentimentality to hijack your heart. That the, the account, the scripture we just read, the account of, of Jesus being born can become so ordinary, right? It can become so monotonous that you just sort of drift off and fall asleep, right? And we sort of miss the weight of what's being communicated in this text. And so uh, for the last few weeks, we here at Acts Church Leander have been in a series called All Things New. And the idea behind that is what we've been looking at how the arrival of Jesus on Christmas really makes all things new. And so for these next few moments, we're going to look at how Jesus brings us a new hope. A new hope. And to do that, we're just going to focus on one word. One word in Hebrew, three words in English. Emmanuel, God with us. Right? Emmanuel is, is the Hebrew for God with us. God with us. Look with me at verse 23 in our text. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Jesus is God with us. It was pretty simple. I mean, like, if you boil down all of Christianity, all of, all of Christmas, strip away the lights, strip away the, the glamour, strip away the presents, take it all away, it all comes down to that simple truth that Christmas is about God with us. God with us, that's it. God with us. And so that's what we're going to look at this evening, all right? Three quick points. Jesus is God. Jesus is God with and you guessed it, Jesus is God with us. Jesus is God with us. So here we go, Jesus is God. Uh, so my family and I tomorrow begin a trek uh, to the motherland, uh, to northern Wisconsin. Uh, my lovely wife got me uh, tickets to the Green Bay Packers this Sunday, so I'm like super excited. Yeah, it's a good thing, it's a good thing. Uh, and so, so we're, we're headed up there. Uh, and because we're going to northern Wisconsin, it means we're not going to my hometown, uh, Detroit, Michigan, uh, which I'm very okay with uh, for a couple reasons. First of all, uh, it's Detroit. Uh, so, I mean, you know, people that live there don't even want to be there. So why would I want to visit there on vacation? But secondly, uh, I don't want to be there because my best friends since second grade are all going to be there. And, and I love them to death. Ryan, Rodney, and Carl love those guys to death. But every time I'm with them, uh, I'm, I'm reminded of the fact that they are remarkably unimpressed by me remarkably unimpressed by me. Uh, and, and why is that? Because they know me, right? Because they know me. See, see, like, this stage is really nice, right? Like, I have a microphone. People call me pastor. Uh, they ask me questions, and, and you guys have to sit here and listen. I mean, like, it, it's... Oh, <laughs> now I get the joke, Josh. He turned the sound off. Um... <laughs> Everyone's a comedian. All right. Um, <laughs> that's good. That's good. But I go home. My best friends, like my friends here, um, <laughs> uh, don't, don't let me get a word in edgewise, right? And my friends back home, like not one of them calls me Pastor Gabe. They don't call me Reverend Casper. No, like I'm forever the kid that didn't make the basketball team. I'm forever the kid that got dumped by Rachel Lear in sixth grade and broke his arm at drama camp. 
like that, that is, yes, drama camp, that is seared in their mind, right? And so you can't hide who you are with those you're closest to, right? You can't hide who you actually are with the people you're closest to. But see, that's what's so amazing about this verse. See, this verse was written by Matthew. Matthew was a guy who knew Jesus really, really well. He was a guy who walked with Jesus for three years. And here he is saying, this guy was God in the flesh. God with us. Jesus is God. This, I mean, Matthew walked with him, talked with him, ate with him, laughed with him. And Matthew must have seen something in him that said, oh my gosh, this guy is more than just a good teacher. He's more than just a prophet. There's something bigger going on here. Now, I want you to realize how amazing that is. Uh, Matthew was, was Jewish. He was a, he was a Jew. And, and that meant he believed that there was one God who created everything. And this one God was, was infinitely glorious, infinitely majestic, infinitely transcendent above all things. The universe was nothing more than a speck of dust to him. And so Orthodox first century Jews were the last people in the world that would expect God to take a human form. They wouldn't expect that. He's too transcendent. He's too holy. He's too above us. There's no way he'd take a human form. Eastern religions and pantheism and polytheism, they got gods becoming human all over the place. But first century Orthodox Judaism never would have had God become human. The transcendent creator of the universe come to earth as a little baby. And yet here we have Matthew say he did. Jesus was God with us. God with us. There's something to that. Jesus, or Matthew must have seen in Jesus that as he claimed to be divine, that as he claimed to be the God, he must have seen an incredible power and grace and wisdom in this man. And Matthew said, this might be crazy. This, this totally goes against any preconceived notions I've had about God. But what I'm seeing right now and what I'm hearing from this man, the only logical conclusion for me is to say that he actually is God in the flesh. There's no way around it. It's just got to be true. Jesus is God. And see, this means that some of you here tonight, it means your response to Jesus thus far in your life has actually been 100% irrational. 100% irrational. Because some of you here tonight, man, you may like Jesus. You may think he's a cool guy, he's a good teacher, nice enough dude. And if Jesus is just a good teacher, a wise prophet, just the founder of a religion, then it makes sense to sort of have a neutral reaction to him. It makes sense to sort of take or leave what he said. Oh, I like this part. I don't like this part so much. He's okay here. He's okay. That's fine. That makes sense if that's all he is. But see, historically, he's not just a good teacher. Historically, he claimed to be so much more than that. He claimed to be God. And so when we look through the historical accounts of Jesus' lives, we see three people had three reactions to him. When people heard Jesus, they either, one, hated him and wanted to kill him. Two, were terrified of him. Or three, fell on their knees and worshipped him. If there's some dude walking around claiming to be God, those are really the only three rational responses to him. And so if Jesus really is what this text says he is, if Jesus really is who he claimed to be, 
then if you're a rational person, you need to adjust your response accordingly. Jesus is God in the flesh. But he's not just God, point two, he's God with. God with. Now what does that mean? Well, if you were to survey the Old Testament and go through the whole thing, you'd see that, that God kind of, he, he comes to earth a few times, but whenever he does, it's terrifying. It's scary. When he comes to Job and he talks to Job, he comes as a whirlwind. He comes as a tornado. When he visits Abraham, he comes as a, a smoking furnace. When he leads the nation of Israel, it's as a pillar of fire. And then there's this moment when uh, Moses, the, the, the great leader in, in the Old Testament, Moses asks God, he says, God, I want to see you. And God says to Moses, Moses, if you see me, it'll kill you. Like, you can't look directly at me. It'll kill you. He says, but I tell you what, hide behind that rock over there. I'm going to pass by. As soon as I pass by, peek out over the rock, and you, you can catch my backside. And so Moses says, all right. So he hides behind the rock. God passes by. Moses looks out and sees just the trail of God, sees, sees the backside of God. And what Scripture tells us is that after just simply seeing the trail of God, the backside of God, People couldn't look at Moses' face for days. Days. He had to wear a veil because he just caught a small glimpse of the heels of God. And yet in our text for tonight, we're told that in Jesus, God is with us. God is with us. The God Moses couldn't even look at is the same God who's with us. Can you imagine how Moses would react if he were here tonight? If he heard this text? He'd be like, are you kidding me? Like, no way! This is amazing, right? I, I, I wanted to see God so bad, and here it is, it says in Jesus that I can see him. It says in Jesus that, that I can actually have access to God, that he can come into my life, that, that this is the God beyond anything I can imagine. I can actually know him personally. He'd probably ask each of us, why aren't you just constantly amazed? Like, where is your joy? Why isn't this the driving force of your life? And what would you say to him? Moses was here. And he says, whoa, in Jesus, God is actually with us. Transcendent God of the universe is actually with us, can enter into your life. And he asks you, why, where's your joy? Why isn't he the driving force of your life? What do you say to him? Uh, well, Moses, you know, things are different now. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff on TV and uh, social media, of course, and you know, our kids' sports schedules. And, you know, it's just, we're just very busy. He'd smack you upside the head, Right? The magnificent creator God has actually put himself into a form of withness. And see, this is why God came as a baby. This is why God came as a baby. So I'm so excited. My, my wife and I are expecting a, a second child, a little girl. Um, and, uh, and I can't wait to meet her. Can't wait to meet her because there's nothing like a baby, right? Like, we love our boy right now, Titus, but he's two, so he's got like 100% his own agenda, right? Doing his own thing. But, but there's nothing like a baby. Babies are always there for you. They're always available. They're always open. They're never too busy. You pick them up, give them a kiss, hug them. They don't care. They're always available. It's the most intimate form of humanity. And this is how God chose to make himself accessible to us. 
that in the person of Jesus Christ, God made himself that accessible to you. And see, you can approach him now. You can go to him now because that baby grew up to be a man who went to a cross and on that cross took on all of your sins. And because of that, he opened the way between you and God forever. And because of that, you can actually know God. You can be with God. You can actually know the love he has for you. And he can actually know you. Because of Jesus, you can be with God. Jesus is God. Jesus is God with. Finally, Jesus is God with us. Us. So who's the us? It doesn't say God with all. It says God with us. Who's the us? Look with me at verse 21 in our text. An angel is uh, speaking to Joseph about Mary and, and says this. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You shall call his name Jesus. And the name Jesus in Hebrew, it means the Lord saves, Yahweh saves. It says, for he will save his people from their sins. And so who's the us? Who's the us? Who's his people? It's sinners. It's sinners. It's people who need a savior. And see, so what that means is that if, if you're here tonight and like you've got it all together and you do all the right things and, and morally, man, you're, you're, just, you're a good person and you're smart enough and people like you, then, and you don't need a savior, then you don't have one. But if you're here tonight and you say, hey, I'm a mess. I can't fix me. I make mistakes. I'm a sinner. I'm in desperate need of a savior. I need someone to rescue me. Then have I got good news for you? Because in the manger, Jesus, God in the flesh, is born for you this day as your savior. All you need to do is come to him with nothing. Nothing. Problem is, people very rarely come to God with nothing. So often we come and we say, God, listen, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough. You should like me. You should accept me. He says, no, 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 no. You can't prop yourself up. You need to come to me here. Receive me here. Recognize that you bring nothing to this table, that you need a savior. You need a savior. So I came across uh, this image and it just screamed Christmas to me. I didn't even pull it up, Tyler. So it's this little boy. That's his dad. He's laying out on the street. Um, and, and, and the caption is his, his boy with his alcoholic father. And, uh, and that's his dad laying out on the street. And you can just see this, this boy just pulling him and saying, Dad, we got to get you home. We got to get you out of here. You're a mess on your own. And to me, man, this picture is Christmas. It's this little boy. It's a little baby that reaches into our lives, reaches into your life and says, hey, we got to get you home. We got to get you out of here. That's what Jesus says. Go to the next side, Tyler. And here's how we know this. So uh, this fall, I went to uh, the homecoming game for Texas School for the Deaf, uh, where my, my sister works. She's here tonight. And, um, and went to the homecoming football game, and I saw one of the coolest things ever. Uh, so Texas School for the Deaf, their football team, uh, as 
you detectives may have figured out, is made up of all deaf people. Uh, and so, so they can't hear. And so those of you that know how football works, uh, in order for the quarterback to actually hike the ball, he does, a, he does a snap count. And then when he says hike, you know, he hikes the ball. Well, so how do you do that with a team of guys that can't hear anything? That's where the coolest thing ever comes in. Uh, on the sideline is this coach. And he's got this giant bass drum with a big hole on one side. And so what he does is he stands, and when everybody's lined up, he takes a baseball bat, and he hits the bass drum as hard as he can, and it sends a vibration through the line, and so the quarterback knows to hike the ball, and everybody else knows that they're supposed to go and start the play. It's amazing. It's the coolest thing ever. Here's my point. How does a deaf football team hear a snap count? They don't. But they feel it. How does the deaf world know the transcendent God of the universe? They don't, unless he becomes an instrument that we can feel. You see, Jesus Christ, this baby, is the instrument that a deaf world can feel. In him, the unseeable God is seen. In him, the untouchable God is held. Because of him, the perfect and holy God of the universe is now accessible to you. So come to him with nothing tonight. Put your trust in him. Put your hope in him. He's God with us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth to be with us. And we would know you are with us at all times, in all places. God, I pray we'd come to you with nothing tonight. And we know that we, we are just in desperate need of a Savior, and we thank you that we have you. Teach us to trust in you more and more. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others, and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.